Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Sinanta Walker here, and we are doing a, another show on our Be Awesome series with Dr. Christina Hallett. Christina, thank you so much for, as always, doing these with me. Oh, you know how much I love doing these <laughs> and how much fun we have. It's always interesting. I always get so engaged. I don't even know how much time passes by. And we've yes. got super special treat today because we have a guest with us that I just know you are going to love and our listeners are going to be fascinated. We've got with us yet another one of my amazing friends because really my goal in life is to just have more and more friends. (laughs) (laughs) So Jazz Bianchi is with us today and Jazz, oh God. So Jazz and I met through uh, speaker training that we were both doing. And we're both actually going to be on stage uh, this coming March in a super exciting event called Speakers Who Dare in New York City. And Jazz is a speaker. She's a mystic. She's a guide. She's a consciousness architect. And she's the producer of Conscious Masculinity. Jazz, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so to start off with, maybe you could say a few words about, well, you decide where you want to go. You could start by talking about what does it mean to be a mystic? Because you know that sounds super awesome, cool. Or maybe what it means to be a consciousness architect, because I bet everybody's going, what is, like, that? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Let's start with uh, the unexpected. So let's start with uh, mystic, which is really the last direction I thought my life would ever go in. Um, (laughs) I wasn't a little girl thinking, oh, I want to grow up and be a mystic. Um, (laughs) Right. President, uh, fire chief, mystic. That's pretty much in the top three. (laughs) Yeah, it really pretty much happened by, by... divine intervention. I was in California, which is where I'm from, and I was in a really bad car accident. So I had been by coast all the time, and I came back to New York, which is where I lived. I was crashing with people on their sofas. Um, 
as an actress. And so I went back to California to make sure I could drive. And because you weren't driving in New York City. <laughs> no, no. And because it was a car accident. And thank God no one was in the car with me because I was in ICU for six days. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I could get back on the horse, you know, and and drive without having fear. So I went back and I started taking some classes there. Um, and I got to class early one day because I was a type personality back then. <laughs> um, have to be mm-hmm. first, have to be in the front row. Um, and I got, I got to the place early and I was carrying my books and over my shoulder, I heard, you have to write. And so I turned around, it was a man's voice. It was very clear. Uh, I turned around and there was no one there. So I set down my books and I retraced my steps. I went to the patio, to the bookstore, to the, to the synagogue where I walked in and there was no one. So whether we want to call it God or my guardian, it was an immediate yes for me. Um, wow. being, an act, being an actress was a struggle. So I was like, okay, got it, which is totally out of my personality type. Like as an A-type personality, I want to do what I want to do. Um, but I said, okay. To perfection, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I, you know, I came back to New York and – started writing and five years later I was a ghostwriter for Simon and Schuster. Um, so I received that kind of guidance and that's why it's uh, a mystic wow. because I hear that voice that guides me. Um, that's super cool. Now, does this happen all the time or only if you have questions or I don't know, like, I, really? I, I wish, I, I wish it was, I wish it was on my <laughs> schedule because <laughs> yeah. it most certainly is not. <laughs> um, and, and it's probably a good thing because I would be in conversation all the time with that direct link. So really that direct link is to guide me when I've gotten off course or if I need to go in, in the correct direction. Um, it only ha- ever happens with a reference to me. Everything else is more sensation and information dropping in like downloads um, versus audible. Um, and yeah, so I've heard it twice and it has been definitive. Um, the last time I heard it was last year in uh, December. And it was very clear. I was about to do something, make a move that was apparently a no. And so. (laughs) You got the big no. (laughs) I got the big don't go, don't go audible. And the flash of like terror through my body. And so I was like, oh. I really thought that was a good idea, <laughs> but right. okay, oh. I won't do that. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes the answer is no. Yes. Owl. <laughs> yes. It's no. <laughs> exactly. So that's pretty awesome. Now you also said just now that you get sensations and information that sort of comes in about 
on downloads. Does that happen for other people or regarding other people? Sometimes. Yeah, it definitely happens with regards to uh, working a room or when I meet someone, those sensations are constantly with me. We all have access to that. Um, it's just that a lot of us live exclusively from the neck up mm. and mm. we haven't we haven't spent time discerning the way the body communicates. So, you know, what a great point, because I used to literally refer to myself as a talking head, meaning <laughs> that actually meant a couple different things. But um, because I'm a psychologist, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about things, and I tended to be really mm -hmm. intellectual. And then I would go to like a course or something else. And they'd say, Oh, let's dance to begin with. I'm like, <laughs> No, you know, and that's when it really came to me like, Oh, so I'm sort of living like there was a book I read once about basically it was just a brain, like the body was gone and just a brain. It was pretty awful. And it hit me. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to like integrate those things because hmm, yeah. I'm not just a head. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's a dance that we, we do throughout our lives. Right. We, we come into our bodies. We're very integrated. Things happen and we respond to them differently. Um, and we start to walk the conditioned walk of thinking only because in the body there's pain um, and the mind plays tricks on us. So we believe it and we retreat even further up the body into the neck and the head. Um, that's where I lived for a long time. But luckily I had training as a dancer and as an athlete. So... When I was in crisis, like a break, a very bad breakup or something would happen, I would always use movement to process. One, because when you're sweating, no one can tell you're crying. And right. two, <laughs> oh, what a good point. Benefits of hot <laughs> yoga, too, because then you can cry away and everybody just thinks, oh, you're just sweating. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Definitely hot <laughs> yoga. And then two, I noticed like through dance, like the extending of my arms connected to my heart and it allowed me to process the nonverbal of, of experiences, it allowed me to transmute them. And so it's, it's my foundation. It's where I always return to. It's what I build upon. It's what I go back to because there's a constant communication going on in the body. And it warns us before even we're conscious of it. If we're in danger and something is 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 coming into our 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 space, we get that information a lot of the times before it happens. But we can dismiss it, ignore it, turn away from it because it doesn't fit with our willful mind. And we've been taught that authority is external, not internal. So mm -hmm. I have an experience that I had, and if it's okay, I'd like to share it because I think this was one of those times when I had that kind of danger thing that you're talking about, and it was Ooh, yes. super weird. Okay, and I'm pretty sure that I have not talked about this. So where I do my private practice, that's where I do coaching or see some clients, is in a building, and often I'm working later into the evening. So I happened to be there one day and there was this, all of a sudden, some guy knocked on my door. My door was open and I was doing something at my desk and he asked 
He said, oh, are you Dr. Hallett? <laughs> now, of course, the nameplate's on my door. So I'm like, yeah. And he said, oh, can I talk to you for a minute? And I just looked at him. I had no idea who he was. And he said, you don't know me whatever. And I said, well, I have five minutes. So we spoke for five minutes. It was pretty clear that his story that he was telling didn't make sense. And ultimately it had something to do with a court case and wanting help with some things. And it, it, the, everything about the experience was odd. And the things he was specifically asking had to do with housing. I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And as I said, I have to, I have to go. So we said goodbye and he walked off down the hall. Then I saw a couple clients and after the second one, suddenly he was there in the doorway of my waiting room again. Only this time he had on an overcoat. And I said, you know, what are you doing? And why, can I help you? He said, I need a phone. Now, at this point, I was beginning to get sort of a vibe. I'm like, this is just really odd. I said, I'm sorry, we don't have a phone here. But I directed him to a very uh, nearby place where they had a phone. And I said, I suggest that's where you go. And he said, okay. And he walked around the corner and this time I listened and I heard the what I believed was the front door open and close. Okay, no big deal. So a few minutes, a little bit later, I finished up for the day and there was just an exercise class. My trainer has a studio across the hallway. So everybody else in my area was gone. So I was locking up our doors and I knew that there was an exercise class going on. And I thought, oh, maybe I should like look around and see if that guy's here. And I thought, no, that's really weird. Like I heard him leave well over an hour ago and I debated it again. And it was to me a very odd thought because there was no good reason to have this thought. But, you know, I said, well, I get it because that was unusual. So no, I didn't. I left the building and I got in my car and that thought kept coming back of, I have to check the building. I have to check the building. And it's about a 12 minute ride home. And I got about halfway through and I thought, I have to go back and check that building. I thought, this is really an extremist thought because there's no good reason for me to be thinking this. And I thought, but you know, maybe it's just not safe. So instead, I called my husband and for listeners who don't know, my husband is a retired prison warden. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like I was gonna be smart about this. Like I wasn't just going to go back because if I was going to pay attention to this weird feeling, then, you know, <laughs> I was going to be thoughtful as well. So I called him. And I said, I know this sounds really weird, but please be ready when I pull into the driveway. I need to go back to the office and make sure the building, I, I literally said, I need to clear the building. He's like, what is wrong with you? But whatever. He went along with it. So we drove back and I just kept saying, this is just, just not right. I, the guy's there, the guy's there and I, I need to clear the building, it, you know, and he was just rolling his eyes and shaking his head. Like, it's a good thing. I love you. <laughs> it was not working for him at all. So we get into the building and we start walking around and, you know, we look in sort of the obvious places and in the corridor and there's nothing. And I check the bathrooms. And at this point, I'm sort of channeling like, I don't know, CSI Miami or something because I'm right. opening the door and like banging it open and like looking inside. <laughs> now, I have nothing in my hands. Right? I said, what, what do I think I'm going to do? But I'm like, OK, clear, clear. <laughs> like, seriously, too much crime TV. Meanwhile, so right around the corner is an old supply closet. And he says to me, he's in the bathroom. And I said, what are you talking about? I just cleared the bath. Didn't you hear me yell clear twice? This is not going the way I want. And he said, no, I heard something. And I said, come here. And we walks back to the bathroom. There's nothing there. And he says, the door was locked. Well, we've never locked that supply closet. 
So I walk back around with him and the door to the supply closet opens and the guy walks out. Now at this point, it's easily close to two hours after I think that he's left the building. Mm. And I look at him and I'm like, what are you doing? I told you to leave. And he says, oh, oh," and he's still wearing the overcoat. And he has a suit and an overcoat on. He says, oh, I'm sorry. And my husband, as it turns out, wanted to get some information. But I was like totally chinning Wonder Woman. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I told you to go. You need to go now. (laughs) Pointing at the front door. (laughs) My husband's like, where are you from? And the guy's like, oh, sorry. And shoots out the front door, which I had already gone around and locked the doors so that people could not get in from the outside. And we then called the police. They never found him. They had no idea what he was or who he was or what was going on. Uh, And then I notified everyone. And from then on, we now lock the supply closet so people can't hide in there. And I found out from the landlord that earlier in the day, he'd done the same thing as in the door was locked. And he's like, oh, that's weird. And then the guy came out of there and the landlord assumed one of us had sent him in there. I don't know why we would do that. That would just be weird. So there's the story. And I was totally freaked, like going into the building uh, or leaving the building at night for a while and really feeling like, oh, maybe someone's around. Although that did pass over time. It was probably about a year and a half ago now. But it, it was this compelling feeling associated with this weird thought of literally, I have to go clear the building. And then as it turned out, you know, the guy, in fact, was Uh, specifically hiding in a locked closet. So is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yes. (laughs) 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 Yes. Um, The body has an intelligence to it, right? So you sensed something was off in the environment. Yeah. Yeah. And And it just... it kept building. That was, I think, the thing that struck me the most yeah. was it. I couldn't, I mean, I, rationally, I could have ignored it. I wanted right. to ignore it. I felt somewhat foolish for doing this. And believe me, my husband was well making the point up until we found the guy that it was foolish. Yes. Mind you, the police were like, seriously, if you thought something was wrong, why didn't you call us then? Like, because I didn't know anything was like, what was I going to do? Call the police and be like, hey, there could be someone hiding in a building where this has never happened in the six years that I've been there. Well, I mean, I think you raised two good points. One, we're taught to dismiss it. And and what were you going to say? Hey, I, I, I have a feeling I sensed something. <laughs> Yeah. Trust me. Let's go look. And two, you know, women are connected to this sixth sense or this sensory body, and men are, are men have the ability to connect as well, but they aren't as connected. It's really the domain of the divine femme, and their job is to support. <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. we've gotten so far away from, uh, and we're trying to, you know, come back into equilibrium now, uh, the value of the divine femme, that's why we, that's why he rolled his eyes, right? Mm. Because it's not logic. Right. <laughs> it's not logic. Right. It's not linear. It doesn't make sense. Most of life does not make sense if you really look at it. That's so true. The other thing I think when you just said that is that we often have this expectation that life is fair, but life isn't fair. 
you know, and that's one of the things I see people struggle with all the time is why doesn't this make sense? And why isn't this fair? Or a different version is why is this happening to me? And yeah. all of that to me speaks for to and this also, sort of what did I do to make this happen? Like a lot yes. of people, I've done that. Like, oh, what karmic thing or what? And and I have to talk myself. You know, thank God for CBT because um, now I can talk myself off of those. I don't even get to a ledge anymore, and I can right. say, okay, th- this is not this is not what I'm making it out to be. I, historically, I always come out okay, so I can trust that <laughs> since I'm going to be 50 in another year. But how does this play into or work into um, being a consciousness architect? Because I am so fascinated by that description. I think I know what it is, but I want to Mm-hmm. hear what you say about it and listeners. And I've got certain people in my life that I think do that for me. And I want them to hear it too and see if they go, that's right. That's what I do too. Or not that's right. But you know what I mean? Like I, I do that also. I just have never heard it termed that way. Um, so life is a movement towards our wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so we're born into this, environment that is is so normalized uh, in the way it works that we don't notice and it's it's called the patriarchy and so through that lens is how we view ourselves and how we view the world so through that lens we've been conditioned and trained to make ourselves wrong and to believe that we're unworthy and that we deserve to be punished. So it's easy because that's what most people do to beat themselves up when things don't go right, when um, something turns sideways. When the reality is we all come into this um, incarnation with a mission, with a purpose. It's no accident that we're here. It's no accident that we're here at this time. The things that uh, we experience, the soul contracts we have with people, there is a divinity in that. There is uh, an organization, an orchestration in that. And so as a consciousness architect, I help people realign their consciousness to understand what's going on in their environment, both internally and externally, and how and what those things mean and how to use them to elevate consciousness and to facilitate healing, mm. right? Because we, we have a mission. Uh, we, we think we have free will and a plan. I am going to be a lawyer. <laughs> and we, we go to school and we intern and we get hired and we become a lawyer and we're unsatisfied, but we do it because we put in the time. It's great money. It's what we're meant to do. Meanwhile, there's this pulling within us towards something else, right. a different direction, a different mm. path. There's a longing that we turn away from. We ignore, we don't explore. We get married, we're still a lawyer, we have two kids, we get divorced, 
um, maybe like all these Sad things, but, 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 but that's what happens, right? We follow our will. We follow our mind. We do what we're supposed to do and things turn out this way. Right. And then there's, there's, there's other choices like the path, the longing, maybe the longing is to, uh, go to a third world country and teach English. We're compelled. We feel compelled to go to a third world and, and help children. But we never do it, we never do it, we never do it, we never do it. Meanwhile, had we done that, right, maybe we would have met the love of our life, the person we were supposed to be with. But Which we could very are, well be you. A lot of people think that they are never gonna be whole until they meet the love of their life. Mm. And then they let go of that and they realize, oh, the love of my life is me. Yes. Like being your own best friend. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. No one is ever going to fill <laughs> that empty void. <laughs> right. right. And don't you find that too, when you get to that place of accepting yourself and appreciating yourself and loving yourself, even though there's still room to grow in that, that's when mm -hmm. all these amazing things start coming into your life. Well, yes. Cause you stop apologizing for who you are. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it shouldn't take falling down and cracking a rib and breaking a leg and skinning a knee and getting a black guy. It shouldn't take all of these uh, painful experiences to get to that place where you stop apologizing. It should be part of our curriculum that we give to children. It should be integrated in in our lives and not have to come at such high a high cost and it because it doesn't have to it doesn't have to this is sort of an aside to that but have either of you seen the brand new gillette ad that just came out yes about, yes right yep. Oh yes. my God. I One saw our podcasters, Aaron Huey, who he does Beyond Risk and Back, and he has a treatment center for teenagers that are in crisis. And uh, he's so funny. He's so Viking man. Wah! But he's, <laughs> and he has this amazing daughter, and they she often co hosts the show. But he's so about the divine feminine and all this stuff. And he, he wrote the coolest thing about it and then i wrote the a ridiculous response about well it's going to take a gillette to debark my legs after this winter and he's like <laughs> i think he kind of the point of why i shared it so then i had to write something nice about it but anyway yes that was a really was interesting what did you think about that jazz about that commercial it's funny because i just had a conversation on social media about it um <laughs> i i thought it was it honestly it, it made me weep <laughs> me too. I cried. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have been on this path for a really long time and I have done a lot of work. Um, and so seeing a commercial uh, move into mainstream, take consciousness into mainstream, take out of the box thinking that challenges conditioning and, 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 this, this rigidity of how men are supposed to be and how they're supposed to act and what they're supposed to do like that, that is historic. Mm. Yeah. 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 I shared and my whole thing was like, hashtag we're all human, mm -hmm. you know, 
hashtag respect and dignity. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I found it really powerful from that because I think those are the messages. So that when you talk about all of this coming from the patriarchy and this idea of seeing ourselves as unworthy and deserving to be punished, I think something like that begins to shift that conversation. Yes. You know, in yes, a way that that is acknowledging what has been going on. Yep. It's not pointing, to my view, it was not pointing fingers. It's saying, yeah. here's a way we've been living and yeah. here's a different way. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And I think Is it's there, so powerful. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was, same thing. I, I, it's incredibly powerful when we understand the mechanisms at play and that we don't know what we don't know we don't know. Yeah. yeah, you know we we know what we know we know what we don't know, but there's a whole other area that we don't know we don't know we don't know, and and that is this ocean that we swim in, and so not making people wrong for breathing, and yet saying so this is how it's been. It doesn't yeah. have to be this way, and here's the option. Yeah, it's how can change I, happens. I, yeah, yeah. Can I share like a short one? Um, Please. For me, I have these things happen all the time, especially since I started working with this woman, Martha, who's, a, let's see, she doesn't like to be called a healer because she's like, no, it's, I'm just facilitating, you're doing the healing. So I never know right. what to call her. Wonderful mother figure, all these things, a friend. Anyway, and she's able to just change the energy in a room just by walking yeah. into it. She's a, yes. she's such a, she's so connected. Uh, she actually, there's the Heart Math Institute, which Christine, I know you know about. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. There's a device that you can get. This isn't the story. I'm totally taking a sideways turn. But anyway, I'll get back to it very quickly. She's, she got this thing for her, a relative that you can wear that tells you how often you're connected to your heart. Right. Yes. And it's something that they put out and she wasn't bragging because this was a private conversation with me. And I'm going to have to ask her if I can even air this because we just <laughs> had this conversation, but uh, she goes, you know, it's so funny because I'm always connected to my heart. Like I thought I would yeah. be a little bit, but I always mm -hmm. am. And I was like, well, of course you are. That's how you raise the consciousness of every room you walk into. But you know, I think it's, it's wow. my friend actually was just talking about this device to me yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, uh, it has to do with cohesion. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. I want one. I don't, I, I'm going to find out what it is. I, I want, you know, I want to. It's just interesting to me, but it's interesting how important it is to be around people like you, Jazz, and like Martha, and who who know how to change, um, you know, change things and make shifts and um, have taken those leaps uh, in life. I mean, there are so many people that told me I was stupid and bananas and all that for even doing this network. And I don't need to go into that because I've said it on a hundred other shows, but I did it anyway because I know that this is what I'm supposed yeah. to do right Because it was this right. Is, yeah. yeah. You feel so it. I'm like, I don't care. I'll sell an expensive car and get a cheap one. I'll live 
more minimally. I'll do whatever I have to to make this happen. And and then I had a moment where, and I talked about this with Martha, where I said, we just talked about this the other day, because she says, you know, we don't come into this human experience to muck around. No. Like, we, we come here to get dirty and to work, you know, to mm-hmm. work hard towards our healing. So this whole idea of everything is supposed to be positive is such a it's so ridiculous. It's not even, it's not healthy. And I was like, yeah, but I said, but I, I, I did realize sometime last year that I really thought that I was supposed to be captain Dan in Forrest Gump at the top of the freaking mast going, give it to me. I, you'll never beat me. I, I. Like everything had to be learned through this pain and this trauma yes. and whatever. And some shift happened where I sat at my desk and I just went within and I said, okay, I so thank you for the lessons. I, I'm, you know, I totally trust this amazing wisdom that I have and that's out there. And I now gratefully accept uh, amazing as amazing life transformations from happiness, peace, and joy. Yeah. <laughs> my nice. life went yep. completely like not it's not perfect believe me and it, 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 it never will be but I can now sit in bliss and stress at the same yes time. yes because we're capable of holding yeah. conflicting uh conflicting yeah. realities and emotions yep you know it's and it's interesting powerful incredibly powerful and it's interesting that people who um don't trust themselves to make something happen don't trust people who have the intuitive hit and the knowing yes Mm. yes oh yeah absolutely sometimes you feel like you're getting attacked like when i first started seeing martha she said well the first six months of working with you i will be pulling out arrows because i can't even see your skin you've got so many in you Mm. (laughs) and that was before i even knew that i you know did this kind of stuff. So it's, you know, and we're talking of course psychically, but, um, and people, some people think that's ridiculous, but yes, you do, you do often as a child and as an adult, you can feel like, wow, am I just someone that's always going to be attacked and misunderstood and whatever? Cause we're not taught as a kid that this is actually who we are and what our gifts are. None of that stuff about that is taught. So um, what is that called? An indigo child? Like that, all that stuff like went away with the patriarchy. And if we knew about this stuff as kids, we would have so much more fun and magic in life, you know? And I'm not talking, you know, Satan worship, like some people would say, but you know, just the magic, the, the intangibles that become tangible that you're like, how did that happen? There's no rhyme or reason why, because it's an intangible. Well, the the power that we have available to us that we Mm -hmm. are unaware of is epic. Yeah. It is just epic. I mean, if people understood the extent to which other people's energy affected and impacted them, they would, they would be, they'd be more um, shrewd with their experiences the way we can be with money. 
<laughs> you know, do you think I have Christina Hallett coming on my show? <laughs> so I, I, I figured this out. <laughs> I want to say, no, that's okay, because there's 80,000 things I want to say, um, <laughs> but I'll do a little bit of sharing that some of our listeners definitely don't know about me, but it's not because I have any issue with it. So I'm going to back up, one, but Jazz knows this. Um, one of the things that I've begun to do is to really see myself now as integrated mind, body, spirit, and mm. truly pay attention to those inner compulsions or feelings or suggestions, those different ways of knowing. And so there was a particular one that came up, it was about a 10 or so years ago. And literally it was like what you said, Jazz, about the writing. And it had to do with pursuing uh, shamanic training in the yeah. tradition of the Caro of Peru. Mm. And and very briefly, the story was, I knew someone who had been trained in this tradition and they were doing a workshop. And let me back that up. I had actually gone and done a meet your power animal a couple years before that with this practitioner. And I had a literally, I won't go into detail, but a mind-blowing experience that really opened something for me internally and shifted what I believed was possible. So as a kid, I loved magic and, and uh, the idea of magic. And I totally could see that there was the possibility for things that we couldn't see or ways that we connected with other people. But mm -hmm. that was as far as I had gotten with that, you know, and then like, professional training and everything else closed a lot of the opening in my heart and right. head about that. Right. So this one experience I had with the uh, meet your spirit animal was extraordinarily powerful. Maybe we'll do a show about that some other day. And so now it's a couple of years later because in the intervening two years, I'm like, I can't tell anyone I'm into this because that's going to, I'm going to lose all professional credibility and everyone's <laughs> going to think I'm a total crackpot. An absolute crackpot because the, yeah. the way that it impacted me, you know, <laughs> it was really out there. And anyway, I'm in bed. It's 1130 at night. I, of course, before I go to sleep, I'm checking Facebook and I see that this woman is doing a workshop the next day. And I suddenly have the strongest compulsion. It's like I have to go. I text her. I'm like, are there still tickets available? Blah, blah, blah. By midnight that night, I knew I had to get registered by midnight. I cannot even tell you why. And I went to the event and then she was going to be teaching a class. And I had the same experience where I have to sign up for this, this training. And again, it was never any, my logical mind would never have done this. It was going to cost money. It wasn't money that I would ever have put towards this. But I literally felt like I could not say no, that they had <laughs> to do this. Right. And then it went beyond that so that the actual, the person who had trained her was going to be at Omega with the Omega Center with some of the actual Caro shamans from Peru. And that was oh. happening within two weeks. Like, and because I've just felt compelled to be looking things up, I saw that and I immediately signed up to go to that. And mm -hmm. here's where I begin to see the changes in my life. So the only way that I could go was if both financially and 
from a practical perspective, because there were no single rooms left, was to share a room with someone else. And I was never the person who was going to go <laughs> spend, you know, three nights, four days sharing a room with some stranger at a place I'd never been. Like there's not on my to-do list yeah. whatsoever <laughs> at all. And I immediately signed up. I'm like, I'm totally good with this. I'm going to drive by myself these hours. I'm obviously I can drive. I don't really like driving long distances. I was excited to drive, excited to go to a new place and totally open to yeah. sharing a room with someone I'd never met, all of which were significant differences than how I had lived my life at any point, literally since birth. Yeah. And it continued on through then so that I ended up not only doing that, but I did multiple level of different training. I did training in Ireland, in Costa Rica, and then went for magical several weeks in Peru with the Caro, who, by the way, only speak Quechuan, and which obviously I do not speak. I like know some of the traditional words, but I don't speak Quechuan. And yet it didn't matter. And we went throughout the Sacred Valley. And now I have a bird, and my first bird is named Pacha. And hmm. Pacha, Pacha Mama is Mother Earth in Quechuan. Yeah. Mm. And I'm now getting a second bird. And this bird is named Apuchin. And Apuchin oh. is the name for eagle or condor, but Apus are the mountains. So I have the earth and the mountain in these two birds. Wow. And it's just one of those little ways that it's in my life. So whether I'm actually doing shamanic healing for myself or someone else, or but it's just there. Like that's it's again that sort of knowing and feeling led in a particular direction. And despite literally everyone I knew sort of said, "Don't talk about this in public." Literally, people will think you're a weirdo, and <laughs> like that you're gonna destroy everything about your reputation. But I've done. Uh, I've done full-on faculty student workshops at my university about this. I have an online course about this. I think it's very much a part of what I do. It's not the primary thing that I talk about because I don't need to talk about it all the way. It's just it's just one of the missing pieces that made me complete. You know, it's funny because uh, I had a session with you and it was amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank and you. Like it was it was it was like next world. And it, it's, a, it's a testament, right, to following these things that defy logic, these, these mm -hmm. gravity-seizing mm -hmm. things that are magnetic, that pull us towards what is a yes, yeah. you know? We've been taught to discount the the yeses in our heart and the yeses in our body. Meanwhile, the heart sends more signals to the brain than the brain sends to the heart, and the, the heart has an intelligence to it. It has, it's, has neuroplasty. It's mm -hmm. able to change and form new neural pathways, just like the cranial brain is. This is real. This is science. Right. Um, and yet most people don't know about it and in fact it's so powerful that it's not taught so that you trusted that and you went for it 
and didn't let the mind, you know, do what the mind does and its craftiness to keep us, you know, in bondage. Well, and and then, of course, what I found out was that there's more and more examples of all of our sort of legitimate Western scientists beginning to look at and measure these things. And yep. heart math is connected to that. The example I give all the time to people when they're like, what energy? Like, what is with you and that? And I'll say, have Seriously, are you going to tell me you have never had the experience of walking to a room and seeing someone and thinking, just keep me away from them? You don't know them. You don't know anything about them. They look perfectly nice from the outside, but you, your energy doesn't want to be there. Or conversely, you walk into a room, and I had this with Jazz as an example, and actually Kristen and I, you and I had <laughs> the same kind of thing, although we weren't in person, but it was that instantly you feel like you just want to run up and hug the person or be next to them right. or be in yes. their sphere. Right. And yes. that's what else is that but energy? Like how can it be? And we're now starting to measure that finally so yeah. that we can begin to give some credence in our uh, A type Western minds to things that indigenous populations have known since time began. Right. Everything great that has ever happened to me has happened through that process. Mm. That's beautiful and powerful. And what an inspiration to begin to have these conversations and for people to see that this is an option, that it isn't that knowing, finding out what we don't know that we don't know that we don't know can literally come from tapping inside to that universal consciousness or that universal energy. I, I feel like it's it's more important now than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially after 2018. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Okay, that, because, that was sort of a rough year for a lot of people. Yeah, and it oh, was meant to be a rough year. Yes, exactly. That's what I've I've said to people, you know, maybe some of the stuff that's happened, you know, it looks awful. Uh, this person looks awful, but maybe in a different place, they're a really brave soul that chose to take this on and be horrible in order to motivate us to the next evolution. And I've had people look at me and go, I love you and I want to spit in your eye because that I'm not saying anything good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, I'm just throwing something out there, maybe a different way of looking at things. <laughs> but, but I mean, you have a point, right? How else do you get millions right. uh, of people yes. to wake up? Right. You exactly. are never uncomfortable. You have no motivation to do your work and to see what is actually happening. And if you can't see what is actually happening, you're denying a truth and you're not reaching your potential, nor are you achieving your mission because you are in a lie. Right. Every single thing that, ha that I completely value today has come out of some extraordinarily difficult loss, challenging situation, huge upset, things that sort of felt fell under my prior definition of it's not fair, it's not right, heartbreak kind of thing, um, yeah. without question. But yeah. 
but opening to how do we understand that? And and I like to say to people, and it doesn't matter if it's in therapy or coaching or wherever, just casual conversation. I love who I am today. And I could never mm. be who I am if I hadn't had all of these other things. So right. I can't reject them. I have to embrace and celebrate every single one of these. And I've even moved past, I used to say, oh, I wish it didn't happen quite that way. Now I'm like, no, it had to happen in the way that it happened. To break you open. Right, to get me here. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are so stubborn and committed to the reality that we walk in, we have to be brought to our knees to see. There's a different way. To see and, what it's actually yeah. happening. And we know, or the universe or God, however anybody puts this, um, knows how to get our attention. So the thing I that went in my mind and then psh, out the other side, I now remember. It's very quick. Um, things are riding along, going well uh, with, you know, what I'm doing and I'm always taken care of and all this stuff. And But there was some personal stuff that I... I can bury myself in work. That's been a great hiding place for me, a great source of self-esteem and all these wonderful things and also a great place to hide. And so all of a sudden I started having some financial stuff and it wasn't from misspending. It was just things coming in late that never are late and just all this stuff related to work. And I was like, am I supposed to not do this anymore? Like, what is, what is this about? And, you know, what is going on? This is bizarre. This is like my life in my twenties, you know, like what, what, what is happening? And I had a discussion with Martha and she said, well, Kristen, (laughs) there's some personal stuff that you need to look at. And the only way that however you want to put it, God, the universe, your guides, whatever. The only way that they know how to get your freaking attention where you'll actually pay attention is to muck about with your work. (laughs) To smack you over the head with it. Yeah. Yes. And so I went, Oh, and the moment I went, okay, I am totally paying attention. Uh Five seconds later, all this stuff came in that was late. That was da 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 da. And I was like, wow. That's how, and sometimes it takes us years to hear the message, but as we get Mm. more in tune, you know, it can take two weeks, two days, two hours, you know, whatever it's, it's pretty, you know, awesome. Ha ha. I'm no pun intended, but, but yeah, that was the thing where I was like, okay, all right. So I need to be more conscious here because I don't want my work messed with in order to get my attention. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got, we could so do like, keep going, hours. right? Three more hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, it's over? <gasps> that was the it's best yeah. hour ever. I know, because we could just keep going and go, you so have to come on again. Oh my gosh. Um, but I want everyone to know how they can work with you. And I want you guys to say, you know, when the date of the, of the um, speakers who dare speakers who dare dare is I keep wanting to say speaker salon and I'm like that's not it um so yeah so let's let's do those things um since we're we're almost at time okay um so to get in contact with me you can go to my website at 
jazzbianchi.com. And to experience Christina and I is Speakers Who Dare on March 26th. There are two segments, a morning and an afternoon. Christina, do you know which one you're in? I'm in the morning. And I'm in the afternoon. It's a, going to be a brilliant day of mind-blowing content for sure. Mind-blowing with a Broadway performance in different ones in both the afternoon and the evening. And I just before we got on air, uh, got a message from someone who means the world to me who said, hey, I've been able to work it out. I'm going to be there. So literally <laughs> tickets are going and you guys yeah. want to check it out because it's truly going to be phenomenal. In fact, if you just look, go to speakerswhodare.com, you can see something about uh, both of us and uh, actually some of the other people who've been on our series, Kristen, and then the other phenomenal speakers. Yes. And it's going to sell out. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I want to make sure everybody knows how to spell your website. So it's J-A-Z-Z-B-I-A-N-C-C-I dot com check it out it's beautiful and it says consciousness architect right at the top which i just i don't know that just like hits me in my heart area so oh. um, that's mm. awesome but um thank you both again phenomenal discussion i love it i don't even want to edit was- even but i messed up i'm like let's just leave that in because that's a real conversation Yes, it is. That's what we do on Be Awesome. Real conversations (laughs) that literally give us all a chance to share in being awesome. Yeah. So, Jazz, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another of our Be Awesome series with Dr. Christina Hallett on Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Sometimes I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial.